Don't wait until things go sideways to start communicating. I wouldn't want to meet any professional that helps me through a crisis after the crisis starts. Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Isler, NAPAC's executive director, and I'm joined again today by David Schild and Adam Belmar. You know, so much has happened and changed since we dropped our episode last week, gentlemen. So much, Michaela. The horrific events of last weekend in Israel have touched off a war. And here at home, the paralysis of the House of Representatives persists. And the countdown clock to another government shutdown. We are headed for zero day on November 17th. And I know these topics are not easy to talk about, and all of them really do add to the frustration and deep concern felt by everyone listening and those who depend upon them and their institutions for guidance and and leadership. You know, and that's why we're taking the time today to provide some actionable advice, specific tactics. PAC managers out there, we want them prepared to discuss the potential government shutdown with their stakeholders. Yeah, David, it's not fun, as you and I both know, but it's important that we all stay out in front of these issues that matter most to our programs and the missions and people they serve. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks, Adam. And thanks, David, for joining us yet again this week. I know you're on the Hill. It's a busy week. And, you know, David, this is not the show I don't think we really wish we were doing today, but it's an important one. And it's important because every one of our listeners and NAPAC members are facing tough questions from their audiences about why continued support and participation in their employee funded or business trade association PAC matters. Yeah. You know, Michaela, this is one of these issues that I think is so intimidating if you're in the political involvement space. And that's because what we do is premised on this belief that we have this functioning, thriving democracy and political action committees have a specific role prescribed by law written in the 1970s, backed up by 30, 40, 50 years of court opinions and refined and turned into a profession by groups like NADPAC. So when the government shuts down or threatens to shut down, it casts this pall over what we're all trying to do, which is get the men and women who are part of our organizations more involved in the political process. It can be very scary, right? It can induce a lot of fear. And, you know, I always think about what Patrick Swayze in the 1991 hit Point Break. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid if there's a government shutdown coming. There's a way to address it. We are going to make you the Keanu Reeves of the PAC community. I didn't know we were going point blank, but I like it. And I think that there's a lot of truth there, especially when you think, Michaela, about what David is saying, that we're built on a foundation of a thriving and healthy democracy. And I think that we are broadly that. But when you get down into the weeds and at times, things don't work the way that they should. And there can be a breakdown and results don't follow. And it can lead people to want to, you know, just throw their hands up in the air. That's normal. But... 
as PAC practitioners, we are oftentimes the interlocutors between the stakeholders and the GR folks who are really doing the mission, the women and the men who are carrying that water and working on the issues. And I know that our past presidents of NAPAC often say that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Well, that's a singular call to remain activated and to be a part of a solution. And that's that's what we do in in NAPAC and, and among PACs. Yeah, you're right. And yesterday we had our quarterly roundtables, which we've talked about many times on on our podcast. And the fear was palpable and, and the fear of sort of the pushback and the questions from employees, from members was very, very real. But at the same time, what struck me, and I think about David, you're up on the Hill this week. We've been engaging here at NAPAC with conversation with members and their staff this week. Despite what we're hearing and seeing and reading in the news, meetings are still happening. Uh, You know, democracy is still working. We're still having those opportunities, even though it is absolutely a strained environment. You know, we are still having those meetings and those conversations. And I think for our members, as they they face those questions and maybe push back and cynicism, you know, it might be the perfect opportunity to maybe reframe it a little bit. Maybe it's an opportunity to just reintroduce your government relations team and explain their role and and the activities that they're engaged in, even in this really sort of chaotic environment. But it struck me that we need to maybe refocus on the small wins. Absolutely. Michaela, I I think you're so right to remind people that this might be a time of a vacant speakership, but it's not the the end of the world and certainly not the end of the political process, right? To my knowledge, we don't have 217, 218 votes for a speaker, but that doesn't mean that we're planning to turn Capitol Hill into a Costco, tear down the dome, stop sending people to the House of Representatives every two years. This is going to continue. And we talk a lot about continuity and the longevity of not just NAMPAC, but its member organizations. If you are sitting in a political involvement seat, Remember that this is a temporary crisis. Your organization is in this for the long haul. Multi-cycle, multi-decade commitments to political activity, that's probably what you're managing. And those of us who have been doing this for 25 or 30 years can remember multiple government shutdowns, multiple sort of log jams that seemed like they would never get broken, and they did. So you know, I would counsel a little bit of patience first, and then there are some specific tactics as you look towards November 17th and the idea that the government's going to shut down that you can lead with. And I'm just going to kick one out here. That is get granular and get specific on why we do this very quickly. People will say, I'm not a fan of what Congress is doing, but let's get into a particular member of Congress, why this candidate is somebody our PAC supports, why this candidate is somebody that we back. Now we're getting very specific, right? We are a collection of people pursuing certain political outcomes because of our shared business interests. Well, what are those interests? Who are the candidates who are aligned on our issues? We are not here to solve the macro level problem of how do the Republicans and the Democrats divide up the House of Representatives and choose a leadership for it? I don't think anybody's PAC mission or charter has that at the top. What it has is we're all employees of XYZ. We're all part of XYZ Trade Association. We're here to use the tools we're given under the law. These are the run rules. And I would get back to that very quickly. There's going to be a Congress after this crisis passes. There are going to be issues that hit our bottom line, hit our ability to operate, hit your ability to continue in your career. That's why we exist. 
I love this because David is up there walking those hallways, and so are you, Michaela, and every single one of these offices is open. There's staff doing the work. The committees are continuing to try and do their work. And so when David says get granular and do it quickly, that means invoking your team, whoever they may be, and speaking about some of the folks who you have supported and the issues that you've been able to work on, the solutions that you've been able to find. All of the little wins are meaningful, especially when you're reading it out from the front lines from the people who are truly a part of the team and the strategy that you're supporting. And, you know, Adam, one thing I would add is I don't think we should counsel political involvement professionals that it's political to uh, (laughs) criticize dysfunction. To put it another way, I think it's okay as a, as a leader, and that's what you are, right? You're a leader of an organization to say, we are not a fans of dysfunction. It prevents the movement of appropriations bills. It prevents the passage of legislation. It prevents regular order. We're in Washington. We have a Washington presence because what the government does affects us as an organization. And when things come to a standstill, our ability to make progress, our ability to petition for a redress of grievances, that that's stopped as well. So it's not a criticism of one party or another to say, we don't like this function. We want the government to operate as it's designed to operate under the rules that we've all agreed to. I think it's okay to say that so that you don't seem neutral on this issue of Washington is is broken or temporarily broken. I also think, too, that we all need to take a few steps back. And also, I think it struck me, David and Adam, this week, the Public Affairs Council released their Pulse poll that I think they've been doing for maybe 10 years or so with uh, Morning Consult. And there were a bunch of data points in there. But I think the one that struck me in this moment of uncertainty and chaoticness that we're all feeling is that our organizations, whether it's the corporation or the trade association that we belong to, are still really valued as a trusted source for political information, political engagement overwhelmingly. And so, and I think, Adam, we've had, you know, BIPAC on to talk about a lot of their research with employee engagement and that, you know, employees are viewed as the most trusted source, even amongst, you know, the younger Gen Z millennial generation, which is a little counterintuitive. But I think we need to lean in on that data because I really do think that our employees and our members are starving for accurate information that they can trust and believe in. Yeah, David uh, was the first to sort of put this in front of me this week, and I took a look at the numbers and the variety of questions that were asked. So many interesting details. And if you listening are a member of the Public Affairs Council or you see their work do pay attention here. Take a look. We may yet have an opportunity to chew on some of this with them. But David, I think about this idea that trusted sources need to continue to communicate. When we even just talk about taking a more quiet moment on the solicitation side to continue to communicate, I've been privileged to work with many of our members to introduce that GR team. Podcasts can play a role, right? You you actually know the humans or can hear their voices and begin to understand who they are and the role that they play in the organization versus what you do. But really just making it personal goes a long way to helping to bring people on board and know that I'm not alone. I'm not just looking at this and feeling frustrated and going, what the heck? There are a lot of other people out there who are working and trying to pull in the same direction. And Adam, this so importantly gets to something that you should already be doing on a regular basis, which is roll out your team 
debut and introduce the political professionals that you work with and establish them as trusted actors before the crisis, before the emergency, right? Nobody wants to meet that person once you're under stress or once you have, let's say, a disposition sort of that is panic or uh, a lack of calm. What you want to do is you want to build trust in advance. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you see a shutdown coming, let's say, in a month, now is the time to say, this is lobbyist Y, this is Vice President X, here's what I do, maybe here is the outside pollster who we trust, here are some sources that we think are valid, and don't wait until things go sideways to start communicating. I wouldn't want to meet any professional that helps me through a crisis after the crisis starts. I'd want to know them and trust them before it kicks off. And it struck me even on our roundtables yesterday, you know, I think to all of these points, the folks that are continuing to have those type of conversations, even in this moment, as sort of before, during and after the crisis, they're having record results and record attendance. I mean, one organization, you know, just sort of put out a, an all call to sort of get an inside scoop on the speaker's race. And they had something like over 600 RSVPs, like, you know, to come to this briefing that they were not anticipating. And so I think that just shows that there's a real thirst for this information and coming from the right source is important. It's no surprise that people who are willing to vote with their pocketbooks are also showing up on election day and consuming a lot of media about what's happening in Washington. Be a trusted source. Take advantage of their enthusiasm. I also feel like it, it, it's worthy, and we, we, we got on this a bit last week, and, and I think that we're all aligned here, but I, I say it for the benefit of everybody listening, and maybe you're shaking your head yes, too, but it's okay to be concerned. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to ask the questions, and sometimes all of us just need to be heard and seen. It's okay to say, I think I've had enough of this, and, and maybe the net outcome is, no, I can stick with it, but we need to work through it. And if, if we can't be there for our stakeholders to help work through it and be heard, how can we expect them to hear us when we come with the important stuff? And Adam, you touch on something that's so important, which is, I think you got to give yourself permission to be flexible, right? It's, it's better to be Gumby in this situation, right? And to sort of twist and turn and I've been the person who was about to launch a PAC solicitation campaign. And the day before, there's a threat to shut down the government. There's some sort of funding crisis. And in that context, we had to hit pause and say, it's not the time to solicit and ask for money. It's the time to educate. It's the time to communicate. Because it does seem a little tone deaf when things really, really aren't working to put out that trifold brochure, to put out that web video that says the government is important to us and we need $5 every pay period. Yeah. This may not be the time to actually be asking for money, but it is the time to be educating and to, to show some empathy. We started our show today with a little bit of a movie reference, and I remember one that, that always comes up in these situations. And David, you made me think of it again just now. You know, in baseball, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. And I remember as a child being so incredibly excited on a Saturday morning for my mom or my dad to take me to that soccer game. And I wanted to get out there and I wanted to play. It was the only thing that mattered and nothing was going to stop me except it's pouring raining outside and none of the other parents are going to let anyone get out there and play. And sometimes we have to learn, as David says, you got to be flexible. That despite the persistence and the desire to get out there and do our mission, if you can't appreciate that the timing isn't right or something has changed, then, you know, you can do more harm than you can good. And, you know, as we're recording this today, we've got about 
864 hours until the government has told us that it's going to shut down. If you're a PAC professional, that's a lot of time to get ready. Don't wait. Do it today. Well, on that positive note, David Schild and Adam Belmar, thank you both for joining me again today for another really important conversation. Our pleasure. Great to be here. And thanks to everyone listening to the Facts About Packs podcast. Subscribe and share and meet us right back here next week for another new episode. 